Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. Today is a special episode in which I am joined by Hunter Camp and uh, one of my oldest podcasting friends. Yes. And we are here to talk about our favorite scary books in honor of Halloween. Uh, Hunter, how are you today? I'm fantastic. That's good. I'm so glad to hear that. Hunter and I used to do a Batman podcast about 10 years ago before podcasts were cool. Yes. Yeah, we were we were pioneers, um, and I, I I I I'm pretty humble, but you know, and like I, I struggle to say revolutionary, but you know, we've been called that. We have, but we were called that indeed until they yes. told us to stop talking about intellectual property that wasn't our own. That's true. <laughs> and then we said, "Well, we'll do it again when podcasts are popular." So here yeah, we are. <laughs> absolutely. Here we are. All right. So, Hunter, you're a fan of horror. I know I this am. about you. Very um, much so. You love the scary thing. So when ha- when Halloween rolls around, is there or pretty much at, at any time, is there like do you get in the mood for something scary? And like what do you what do you end up gravitating towards? One hundred percent. So um a lot of times with uh when when I get into like October, it's usually like between like mid September to October. Um, I usually will pick a book to to read during that time period just because, you know, like I work. So the majority of the time I'm reading is during my lunch breaks and 15 minute breaks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer this is this is weird, but like to go in this time period towards like I gravitate towards lore um, and like the sort of like folklore behind all of the spooky things right um that and you know like i'll pick a ghost story so like it's it's less like horror horror but more specifically ghost stories with books is what i tend to gravitate towards okay i can i dig that that's that's cool i like that a lot yeah and i think one of my favorites um speaking of podcasting uh the lore podcast put out books of each like of different types of of concepts mm-hmm. um so i really like to read their stuff during that time period the first one that they put out i can't remember which one it was i think it was like monsters and legends or something like that um they it, it was it was so well packed with with information uh across like like where do fae come from or where's the concept of the what is the concept of the the jersey devil come from um, that kind of stuff. So it's like accounts of stuff like that. It's really, really cool. That's good. That's good. That's good. Break reading material. It is. Said, like if you have 15 minutes, you can, you can find out about the Jersey devil right. or the pug or anything yeah, like that. Absolutely. In 15 yeah. minutes. That's good. Which great. is really cool. I like that a lot. And then, you know, I generally like horror, uh, like all together. Um, so there, but I like different takes on sort of the horror genre. Um, so, the uh the chuck the chuck palinuk book i don't even know if i'm pronouncing his name correctly um we'll say you are i think i i think yeah we'll say you are that's close enough because i have right. no idea yeah lullaby is a, is like a really really good like wi- like a witchcraft story um it's not so much scary as it is like 
dealing with scary concepts in like a humorous, like almost bizarre manner. Gotcha. Um, so I like the way he did that. Uh, the book, I can't, I'm, I'm struggling with the author right now. I don't have the book next to me. Um, my sister, the serial killer, really good too. Um, that came out, I think the, like last year or the year before I, I ate that book up and then always, you know, gaming, you know, I always like to gravitate towards gaming during this time as well. It's true. His, his short stories tend to be like a, the, with the click clack, the rattle bag, right. And stuff like that. Those tend to be a little bit on the scarier side than right. his novels. Though, actually I find Coraline incredibly creepy. Yeah. Coraline was like really, really creepy. And I don't like, I don't want to say it's like scary so much, but it was, it was creepy. And I like the way he approaches that. Yeah, there are a few books that I can point to and say that book actually scared me. Right. Like I had to put it down because I, or because I had to turn on the light because I mm-hmm. was scared. Um, I, when I was a kid, do you remember the great illustrated classics? I don't know if those were around you. They were like these big white hard covers um, and they were like adaptations for kids of classic books like you know robin hood you know ivanhoe yeah yeah whatever yeah um i read the dracula one of that when i was a kid right and i remember how like i had to put it down i get that couldn't do it right um and so like when i like i'm listening to the um the audible dracula right now the one with alan cumming and tim curry Which is great, but the beginning of that, the beginning of Dracula, still gives me the heebie-jeebies because I because of being a kid. But the book I always point to uh, now and say this book scared the daylights out of me is Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Yeah, and so the thing with Stephen King, and I love Stephen King. Like, do not get me wrong here, but I tend to read his books differently than other people read his books because I don't read it for like scary aspects or anything like that. Like to me, like all of his books are in some way dealing with either his family life or addiction. That's right. And so like, that's, that's what I get from it. Like, I don't get like a terrifying feeling or I don't get like a, like a scary aspect of it. It's like, well, that's how I'm reading it. Like I'm reading it like past the, the surface like this is this is scary stuff you that's, know that's perfect i mean that's i that's really how we should be reading all books is right. that's you know like that's you know okay so that's the plot good job everyone yeah what about the narrative um yeah. and i i mean i'm not a parent so me I neither think, right and so i think pet cemetery is just from a plot is scary enough for to for me to to read it and enjoy it that way for sure the narrative of you know you know people dying and coming back as part of your family that is something i i don't know as a parent but i think it well kind of like the exorcist it must read so much worse for sure Mm -hmm. for sure and i think that like what he does a really good job of relating that to people that I don't, that don't have families too. And like, that's one of my, like the Dr. Sleep uh, adaptation of mm-hmm. the book. Like I, I didn't really care for, um, I need to go back and watch it again just so I can like look at through different lens. I found um, it better the second time than the first. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And so, and, and that's what I, that's how, how I feel, how I'm going to, that's how I feel like I'm going to feel <laughs> um, <laughs> about that because the, the book to me was a story about his son growing up with a like a father who had alcoholism right yes and like how you can leave alcoholism behind and but how all of that is a struggle um that's to me what the book was about and that's fine um the with the shining the book like that that's addiction and isolation right right um the movie of the shining was 
more isolation, less addiction, I think. Oh, yeah. You um, knew that Jack Nicholson was going to murder his family. The oh, yeah. Yeah. You saw him. Oh, it, absolutely. It wasn't a mystery. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that I think that like the book did such a good job of merging the narrative of The Shining book and the, what they did with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because I felt like it married those two things together really well. Whereas the movie of Dr. Sleep didn't quite get it all the way there. I, I think that Dr. Sleep sometimes is at its strongest when it's not trying to pay a homage to the the Kubrick film, The Shining. Yeah. But I do really enjoy it. But I also love the Kubrick film. So sure. it's, it's like I love being there all at the same time. Right. The director's cut worked for me better than... And I'll 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 check out the director's cut, but like to me, like it's presented as a sequel to the Kubrick film. So I wish it had at least like looked like it. Like if you had given me visually like what that did, I would have been like, okay, we're cool. Um, but yeah, uh, so Stephen King in general, like I think he does a really good job, but it's not it's not about the scary aspect. You know? I, right, I agree. I don't find I don't find many of his books no. scary. Some of right. them are thrilling. Sure, and there are like there are bits of say, Salem's Lot that creep yeah, me yeah. out, but I did not like Sleep with Your Lights On creep you out. For Although sure, the, for the sure. Shining definitely comes close. Yeah, but, but there's something about Pet Cemetery that just ooh, just went right I get for it. me. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that that like that family aspect is is that's that's how I felt when I read Doctor Sleep also because mm-hmm. it was like that you get it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you, and I'd feel like the same way with The Exorcist as well. Yeah. Um, yes. Is there a particular story, um, like a classic horror or monster story sure. that you always end up like going to? Like so, like uh, I always read time. like a Christmas Carol at Christmas. Yeah, like, I have. To, I mean, compu- I have a compulsion. I don't read it every I, I'm tend to I tend to be a slower reader, so like if I went back, I would just read that one thing and um I try to uh branch out and read something that I haven't read before. So like mm-hmm. this year I'm reading uh like I'm reading Hill House. Um oh, good for you. I like yeah, Hill which, House. Yeah. The book the book is great. I feel like it's about lesbians, but I don't know yet. It um, feels it feels like there's there's at least like overtones there. It could be. It, yeah. it, it, I don't know if it's the same way if you like I don't know, like, because you could people. Some people read Mina and Lucy's relationship in Dracula as right. like, do they have this bisexual relationship? Yeah. And, and I'm like, or they were just close, you know. Yeah. But Hill House, there might be something there. Yeah, that's, and I'm I'm about halfway through it. I'm about sixty percent through it. Um, so I don't know like exactly what we're looking for yet. But now like the house is starting to turn on them, and they're starting to recognize it. it's like second night there. Right. Um, okay. So I really I'm really enjoying that. But as far as like going back to. I used to go back to Lovecraft before I found out he was like an incredibly horrible racist. He sure um, was. He sure was. Yes. Yeah. His so, his uh, house is like 15 minutes from me where I live. Oh wow, now. that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, so I used to go back to Lovecraft before I found that out. Now I just feel horrible thinking about it. But uh, that like existential horror is really like that's something that gets to me really bad mm. um, because like that sort of horror is actually what terrifies me because it's like the pointlessness of life or like we only do this one thing 
to exist and then we don't do anything else. And it's just like, that's, that's scary to me. Um, because it's like, you're not living life to your fullest. And it's like, what comes after, like what's beyond the beyond, you know? Right. Um, but the, the one that I really, really go back to and think about all the time. And it basically as Twitter would say, lives rent free in my head mm-hmm. is Frankenstein. Um, oh, yes. because mm-hmm. that's the most relevant story of all time, because it's essentially at the end of the day, it's a story about playing God and, we have never learned the lesson to not play God. It's true. I mean, yeah. it's Frankenstein's got a lot going for Frank. I teach Frankenstein every year. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Like there are other books that I'll swap out. I'm like, nah, I'm tired of, of mice and men or I'm tired sure. of, of catcher in the rye, whatever. I'll switch yeah. them out. I never get tired of Frankenstein ever. It's, it, it's the, it's perfect. It's perfect. It, it's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. perfect because like it's scary, but it's not just scary because of what happens and the fact there's a monster and it's a reanimated corpse it's, or whatever. It's Victor that's scary. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the, it's what power does mm-hmm. and it's what we do when we get power. And it's like, what would we do if we had the ability to bring back life? Right. It's and what even, would it's it's not even just power, but drive yeah. because Victor, yeah, Victor's not really seeking personal like like authoritative power. He's like I am going to become the most powerful person in the world. Sure, he just gets wrapped up in himself, and that For is sure. so human. We yeah. can always get wrapped up in ourselves and make the worst possible decision. Absolutely, and by by power, I don't necessarily mean like authoritative power. I mean like he's discovered how to bring back the dead essentially and it's like Mm -hmm. what does that mean and it's like you have made yourself god and what happens when humans play that role and it's a disaster and that's yeah yeah no keep keep going i'll um no that's yeah so that's that's pretty much that's pretty much like my 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 take on it is like it's the worst thing that could possibly happen if we are giving ourselves that uh that capability you know well, I, you know, it's, tr- it's funny that I didn't connect it really until this moment, but I think that, I think that what's scary about that is the same thing that's scary about Pet Cemetery. Sure. It's, this is the same Himajibi. Yeah. You have the power to bring somebody back. Well, it's magic, whether it, whether it's science or fake science, or, yeah. you know, it's just, it's like, like when, when we run rampant upon ourselves and then we continue to make, decisions for ourselves instead of others that is just you know when we when we stay silent to the to the um to the hurt and victimization of others that really yeah that really speaks to me because you know it it not only is frankenstein about playing god but it's also about like recognizing others as self you know of recognizing uh, somebody who's not like you as a person and how do you right. how do you deal with that and they don't act and behave the way that you do so where do you find mutual common ground and if they yeah. if they act out because of you is that your responsibility right not? and the um the other aspects of it too where it's like an outsider um, and having reading it through that, like I think I've read it like like a few times and read it from different angles each time. My favorite is the playing God angle. Um, but the outsider angle of the monster, um, like he was just him, you know, he was going off instinct and mm-hmm. uh, goes too far and doesn't realize that, that, that he goes too far and how others around uh, the monster react to the monster, you know? Um, and what that means and what that represents outside of like a monster. It's like, this is how somebody, this is how somebody gets treated 
um, if they're different than other people. And I think I'm kind of saying what you were saying, um, but just a little bit flipped. Um, It's like the reaction to somebody different that's completely different than you and not even just if they did something wrong, but like understanding that they don't have the capacity to see what they did was wrong. Um, And then not, does that make it okay or does that not make it okay? And that works both ways. That works for the monster and for Victor. Sure. That's that's why it's so good because Victor for so doesn't see have the capacity to see what he's doing wrong. Right. And and that makes that makes for interesting it's just interesting storytelling. And because and, there is no clear answer, that's yeah. why the book is still works. Absolutely. And that's that's why I would say like that's that sticks out head and above even you know, and I said this the other day to somebody, um, because I think we were talking about the great Gatsby and how Gatsby does like how money changes you and like what money does and like capitalism and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that story has been told a million times. And I feel personally like it has been done better since the, since Gatsby came out. Um, But like, there's few things, themes that we can deal with. I don't think that there's been anything that I've read that I could say would be better than what Frankenstein did with Frankenstein. I, I agree. Not necessarily about Gats, the Gatsby part. Right, that's right. a whole other conversation. It is. But um the there I've seen I've seen other monster stories, but like so like even just like okay, yeah. so here's Frankenstein. Okay, well it's also Pet Cemetery, it's also sure. Jurassic Park, it's also it's it's uh, psycho Blade, it's also psycho, it's also Blade yeah. Runner, it's also the it's also this, Halloween. it's also this right. Like yeah. I you're you're right. I there just it just hasn't been it just hasn't been yeah. replicated. It's Edward Scissorhands. It's, yeah. you know, blah, blah, and, blah. And I love those stories and I do, but like nothing does it better. I think they like, don't raise just, the same questions. It, they don't. And it's like, they'll get parts of it. Um, and there will be interesting conversations to be had uh, on each one of those things. But with Frankenstein, it's, it's, it's the first and the best mm-hmm. in my opinion. Nope. I agree. Uh, I'm with you. Speaking of first and best, I always uh, around Halloween, I always gravitate towards Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I get that. Yeah, I just freaking love that story so much. And I, it's, I, I think a part of it was I, I, part of his love when I was a kid. I was fascinated by the story, just even the visual of of a horseman who was headless. For and, sure. The col- the colonial aspect and I lo- like you said you you gravitate towards lore and things I love stuff that lives in the woods the monsters yeah. that live in the woods that's yeah. like yeah like and stuff like the witch like even like a witch for sure for sure yeah um, and so uh, there's there's aspects of that too that I would just love to go deeper into but I think part of that's regional um, it's definitely regional it's absolutely yeah and absolutely. it's it's fascinating to me because, but like. Like I'm, I'm somewhat fascinated with the Northeast. Anyway, I live in Mississippi, um, so that is far away from the, as almost as far as away like culturally and like mentally from the like the Northeast than anywhere else. Totally, oh, it's um, so different for sure. Uh, and so, like the col- colonial aspects and stuff like that, like we didn't have any of that here. Um, I think Savannah and Georgia have parts of it, um, just because like that was a part of the original thirteen colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like aspects and design and approach and the way things were run. Um, yeah, but, but he, even then, the 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 colonies of the north, like one one in, industrial and for far, sure. and the other ones farms, and for like, sure. it's just so. And then like shipyard, different, right? 
and but one of the key things was the the way the rivers work together and how like all of that like connected everything mm-hmm. um so that's one of the reasons why savannah has like a port and everything there's a lot in savannah georgia that is rooted in terrifying things um that i urge people to look out this is not the podcast for that but definitely look at that out is um, savannah supposed to be one of the most it's haunted? like the most haunted city in america right yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, you know like, what? I'm actually reading the uh, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires right oh, now. That's awesome by yeah, I, Grady Hendrix, and I think it takes place in Savannah. That's one. That's on my list. That's that's like one of the next books I'm getting. I'm um, only like 50 pages in, but it's right. great. It seems it's, like a lot of fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Um. But so I've actually like re- like started connecting with somebody too. Like that's like a good friend of mine that lives in Connecticut as well. Um. And to hear kind of like the stories that you guys have about. Even simple things like like the this backstory behind the conjuring and like those people. Oh yeah. Um, and then just like like the colonial aspects. Also when in I, also in my town. Actually, also in my state. The exactly. Original story of the conjuring. The, Absolutely. Like, the event. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but like when I actually got to um when I lived in New York for a month and uh, I was staying in Nyack and the the train that I would take would stop in Terrytown. And then like yeah. Sleepy Hollow is like right over there. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I mean, it's like, the, yeah. My cousin's like, husband works in Sleepy Hollow. That's and so I'm like, amazing. That's so fun. It's so, so amazing. Yeah. The um, so, po- the police's um, badge, ha- it has the Headless Horseman on it. That's so awesome. They just like, they lean into it. Because like Salem, Massachusetts, you know, the witch trials yeah. and everything, like they have witches on their badges up there. Which like, again, that's a whole nother conversation because in Salem, those were not witches. But no, they wasn't even really in Salem. It was in Danvers, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's. I mean, so there's just like this fascination for me about like that area. So with uh, you know, the the Legend of Sleepy Hollow and everything, like that's just so cool, and everything about it, I just love it so much. Cool, I love yeah. it. So um, I'm right there with you. I like the old stories, a new ghost story, and trying something else. That's, that's usually what I do. I'm going to give you a book recommendation, something that you you might enjoy based Please. on our conversation. I I just finished it, and so we'll also count this as part of the the the, the read up. Like I got to you know recommend or not recommend a book. So uh, oh, that's yeah. what that's what we do here. Absolutely. Um, so I um I read um something wicked this way comes for October by Ray yeah. Bradbury, which yeah. was, which was great. That's not what I'm recommending to you. But, right. Cause um, I've been I, like, dude, like I read all the Ray Bad Bradbury books when I was only fourth grade. Wow. Good for you. That's yeah. yes. That wicked this way comes would be intense yeah. for fourth grade. <laughs> well, still I'm not saying I got all of it, but I did read it. Yeah. Um, Oh, I just read The Changeling by Victor LaValle or okay. LaValle. Uh, it's, it's, it sounds like it's right up your alley. It's about this, it's about this guy named Apollo and he, you know, meets this woman, they get married, they have a baby. And then the, uh, and then the wife um, disappears after committing a terrible, terrible act upon the baby. Ooh. And, and it, the, and then it's like it's all this like maybe it's magic, maybe it's mythology, maybe it's this, maybe it's like a really cool spin on it's a really cool spin on what we think we know lives in the woods. Right. Okay. Cool. I'm 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 gonna add that to a list right now. Yeah. I um, I devoured it. I was like, I'll try it. I'll see what's up. I read it in like three days, and I I, I 
I read pretty quickly sometimes, but yeah. I never sit down and read a book that fast. And, you know, um, The Ballad of Black Tom, which is another one of his books, is on my list also. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to add that cuz I really and, I enjoy I enjoyed the book enough to be like what else did you read, which I don't right, always do. Right. Um let me see something real quick. Um cuz this if I'm not if I'm remembering correctly, uh The Ballad of Black Tom is a turn uh Lovecraft on his head book. Oh, is it? Oh, well yeah. that would make sense according to um people move to new york looking for magic and nothing will convince them it isn't there right blah, blah, yeah blah. yeah yep absolutely Occult. yeah yeah it sounds yeah. like yeah sounds like it and and this book was what i like the, from my understanding of the ballad of black tom it's what i wanted lovecraft country to be ah yeah okay then yeah all right i understand i yeah. i liked lovecraft country but th- it just needed some tweaking and so maybe maybe ballad of black tom is what i was looking yeah for. and i i think i'm I'm gonna be real real honest and real real blunt on this i think the wrong person wrote lovecraft country and that's oh, i'll i that. know what i know what you mean yeah i yeah i i totally get what you mean yeah um but again conversation for another day but, absolutely yeah but paul uh palmer um i'm just so used to talking to palmer on podcast i just call everyone palmer now i guess i, I get it um hunter thank you so much yeah, for coming on this My this pleasure. was this was awesome uh, it was yeah. great to talk to you uh, again um you're welcome back any anytime you want um you I, I want all the time <laughs> all the time yeah. well um, i kid of course that's not that's not you know feasible. I, no i know what you mean but hey scott comes on here all the time you cool. you're welcome at any point i appreciate that yeah, but um, yeah. So, uh, Hunter, where can the people find you if they want to? So, find there's you? a lot of places to find me. So, I have a music-based podcast called Dead Scene Kids. Um, it is Twitter.com/slash Dead Scene Kids. I personally have other things. I do a special fun thing on Instagram, um, every October. So you were catching me at the tail end of that. Um, but that is at I am Hunter Cam on Instagram, and then uh, my Twitter is twittercom camp where you can see me just write random things when I'm up at three a.m. It's good stuff. I like it. All right. Um. Well. Well. Then, uh, Hunter. Again, thanks for. Thanks hey, for man. My up. pleasure. It was so good talking to you. Good talking to you too. You have been listening to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find ReadUp on Twitter at ReadUpPodcast and the host at TimothyPG13. Rate and review ReadUp on iTunes and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio to support all of your favorite ThoughtBubbleAudio podcasts. You can find all of the ThoughtBubbleAudio programs at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Until next time, have a good read.